Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Aaron Summers, joined by John DeShazer. We are anticipating this Sunday matchup, Giants at Saints, first time back in the Superdome. I know the players are excited to be back home. John is excited to be back home. And I'm excited to go to my first game at the Superdome. John, what have you seen at practice this week from the Saints, other than the fact that they're at home in their own beds and, and probably in better moods? <laughs> yeah, I think I think guys are a little bit more comfortable, obviously, because you're able to get back into a routine. You're home. Uh, you get to spend time with your kids or your, you know, your wife, your girlfriend. You get to sleep in your own bed and you know, go to the places that are familiar to you. So, you know, from that standpoint, and not that it was terrible on the road, but, you know, being in a hotel room, I don't care how much month is a long time. And so just be back home to be able to, you know, exhale, to not have to catch a bus to practice, you know, 30, 40 minutes every day. Those kinds of things add up to the two you know, I guess the mental, I don't want to say wear and tear, but mentally it gets to you after a while. You know, it, it gets a little mundane, gets a little bit old. And so I think that, you know, maybe adds up to a mental fatigue, maybe. So to get back home, you know, kind of refreshes everything. And especially to be back home in New Orleans and to be able to, you know, finally play a game in the season Superdome. I know we had the, the preseason game there, but it, it's nothing like the regular season game. <laughs> nothing. So it'll be good for the team and everybody to get back in and to just see what happens on Sunday. But, you know, I, there's got to be a, an electricity flowing around the city right now and, and you know, well-deserved. All the players have talked about how they can't wait to get back in the Dome because of the energy that the fans bring. I know that that's huge advantage for the Saints to be able to be playing at home. Catch me up on where we stand with the injuries with the Saints. I know we had at least Tron Armstead go out in the Sunday game against the Patriots and Eric McCoy still looks like he's going to be out. Yeah, and that's the main thing. That's two-fifths of your starting offensive line, and, you know, obviously that takes away from the cohesion. But James Hurst filled in well at left tackle against New England. Um, we've seen Cesar Ruiz now for three games pretty much uh, at center. So you would hope that things have synced in a little bit. James Hurst has played before at left tackle as well as at guard. So, you know, he understands the process. So hopefully those things are synced in because – you know, everything offensively begins and ends with the offensive line uh, and whether or not they can protect and whether or not they can create those openings for the running game. So hopefully everything works out well there. Definitely. I know everybody's looking forward to people starting to get healthier. We're getting some players back and things started to click in that regard on Sunday against the Patriots. We are going to bring in Kenny Albert. He is with the NFL Fox broadcast this Sunday. He'll be joined by Jonathan Vilma and Sarah Walsh. She'll be on the sidelines. And of course, our own Jonathan Vilma will be the analyst there coming back home for a game. So we're going to bring Kenny in and talk a little bit about this Giants-Saints matchup. Kenny, thank you so much for joining us this morning. How are you doing? And how's your week been so far? I'm great, Aaron and John. I uh, hope you guys are doing well. Looking forward to heading down to New Orleans, uh, especially because it's the first trip with Jonathan Vilma, uh, who I worked with last season. And uh, I know he's really excited about uh, getting back down to his former home. What have you heard from him about his excitement level coming back to New Orleans? Oh, he's really excited. Uh, we've been together every weekend now uh, during the NFL season last year and this year. And um, so much conversation about the Saints and his days with the organization. 
Um, and I think he has some pretty good restaurants picked out for us for our crew this weekend. So uh, looking forward to getting down there. Yeah, absolutely. Have you been to New Orleans before? You've been to a Saints game, right? Uh, many times through the years. Um, have had the honor of calling uh, a number of Saints games, uh, especially during the uh, postseason runs, the Saints-Cardinals playoff game uh, during the Super Bowl runs. So uh, always one of my favorite cities to visit. We look forward to having you here. Now, with this game coming up, it's the Giants at the Saints. You just had the Giants last weekend. What have you seen from their team and kind of expectations for them? Well, before I get to that, um, I was lucky enough to be on the call the last time the Giants were in New Orleans. And I know John remembers the game, 52-49. Uh, back in 2015, Drew Brees and Eli Manning combined for 13 touchdown passes, which was a league record. Uh, Drew through seven, Eli had the other six. So if we get a game that's half as exciting as that this Sunday, uh, we'll be pretty pleased. But as far as the Giants go, uh, Jonathan and I did the game uh, along with Sarah Walsh on Sunday against Atlanta. And it was another tough one for the Giants. Uh, similar script to their previous game against Washington on a Thursday night. Uh, penalties, mistakes, injuries, red zone issues. If you look at the glass half full, the Giants really could be two and one. They were two plays away from uh, wins in their last two games. Um, they had actually won the game in Washington, but on the last second field goal attempt, Dexter Lawrence was uh, flagged for an offside penalty. So Dustin Hopkins had another opportunity and Washington wound up winning that game by one. And then the Giants had a 14-7 lead late in the Falcons game. Dory Jackson had an opportunity for an interception in the end zone. He dropped it, and Atlanta goes on to win that game 17-14. Um, they lost their uh, signal caller on defense, Blake Martinez, on the first series against the Falcons. They lost their top wide receivers, uh, Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton, due to injuries early in the game. And I know their status is still in question uh, for the game this Sunday. Uh, Daniel Jones is playing pretty well. He certainly does not seem to be the issue. They've had some injuries on the offensive line. Saquon Barkley's working his way back into the lineup. Uh, had a 41-yard run against Washington, uh, played well against Atlanta on Sunday. Um, defensively, as I said, some shuffling with Martinez out. Uh, so the Giants in, in desperate need of their first victory. So, Kenny, when you, when you make the rundown on them, does it seem like a decent amount of, I guess, just bad luck with injuries or youthful you know, indiscretions? Is, is it you know, kind of a collaboration of all of that? It's been a combination, uh, some bad luck with the injuries, John, uh, but also too many penalties, fourth most in the league over the first three weeks, and issues in the red zone. Um, only three touchdowns in nine trips. I know the Saints, on the other hand, have had great success in the red zone, eight touchdowns in nine possessions inside the 20, but the Giants uh, have not been able to finish drives. Last week, in the first half, they were inside the 20 twice and went backwards both times. You know, Kenny, we're seeing a bit of a different Saints team right now. You mentioned the eight touchdowns and nine attempts in, in the red zone, but not the high-flying offense that we're accustomed to seeing. Uh, what, have you, what are you seeing from the outside looking in? No, you're right. You know, when I studied the Saints this week and look at the numbers, uh, most of the positive ones are on the defensive side. Uh, so looking forward to getting down to practice tomorrow and, and sitting down with some of the players and coaches. But uh, you're right, aside from the red zone numbers, uh, you know, they're middle of the pack in, in points per game. They're second most three and outs. They only have three offensive plays of at least 20 yards, which is so unusual when you're talking about a Saints team. Uh, but they have 
been able to win two of the first three under difficult circumstances, obviously. Um, I know Jonathan Vilma is very impressed uh, with the defense, uh, the takeaways, the interceptions. They've only allowed 14 points per game. So uh, defense has certainly been a big part of the story so far. I mean, you mentioned you've, you've been in the Superdome when it's been packed for, for playoff games and, and such. And now, obviously, we're expecting a capacity crowd on Sunday for the first time since pretty much 2019 season. How affecting can the Superdome crowd be to an opposing team? When I think back, John, to some of those big games, uh, both regular season and postseason that I've called through the years, um, one of the loudest venues in sports uh, when it's packed and, uh, you know, when the Saints are, are going well and on a roll. So I think it'll be uh, pretty close to that this Sunday for sure. You've definitely covered a lot of football and over the years, I'm sure you've seen Jameis Winston. What have you liked about his maturation and, and how he's handled things so far this season? I've always been a fan of, of Jameis Winston, Aaron, called a lot of his games down in Tampa. Uh, many good games and some not so good. Obviously, uh, interceptions and turnovers have been an issue at times, but he has a great arm uh, during those Tampa years. He had tremendous weapons and uh, pretty similar as far as uh, when you look around when the Saints are healthy on offense, uh, the guys that he's able to throw the ball to and hand off to. But um, I, I've always been a fan uh, when we met with him down in Tampa, uh, very cerebral about the game. Um, and again, you know, you look at his numbers from from two years ago, uh, leading the league in yards and uh, touchdowns and the interceptions. Obviously, the turnovers were the big issue. And I know uh, Sean Payton and the offensive coaching staff have been working with him on that over the last couple of years. And um, I think he certainly has the ability to be one of the top quarterbacks in the league when he's at his best. You said you're going to be down here Friday for practice and to be able to talk to some of the players, coaches. What are some of the questions, storylines, things that you're trying to find out or follow heading into this game? Well, the first time we have a team, um, you know, you study during the week and you get caught up on the season so far. And, and Sean's always tremendous as far as he's one of the only coaches that literally takes the, the depth chart and, and, goes down the entire roster with us and has a line or two about each and every player. So uh, he's one of the guys that I really look forward to talking to and hearing his perspective, uh, you know, on, on, on the team and uh, talking about, uh, you know, how they've been able to persevere over the last few weeks. Um, you know, I know Jonathan's looking forward to chatting with his former teammate, Cam Jordan. Uh, we'll sit down with Dennis Allen and, and Jameis Winston, but um, you know, for us, it's really like you're studying for a test all week. And then, uh, you know, once once we complete our team meetings uh, with both the Saints and the Giants, we have our own production meeting on Saturday night and uh, then we're ready to go on Sunday. But uh, looking forward to getting down there. And uh, like I said, Sean's always one of the uh, he's certainly at the top of the list as far as coaches that we enjoy. So so the question is this, Kenny, how in Hades do you keep everything organized and separated when you're doing several sports within the same week? Well, you, the, you use the keyword, John, organization. Um, I always try to get ahead of myself uh, for a football game. Even if I have no other events during the week, I start on Monday morning uh, watching both teams' previous game and preparing charts. And I try to read just about everything written about both teams. And I have a checklist in all sports, uh, you know, as far as what I do to get ready for a broadcast. And they're pretty similar. Um, like I just mentioned, a lot of reading and watching previous games and going to press conferences and practices and talk to players and coaches, but uh, you kind of get into a rhythm. And I always find that the busier times are actually 
not too bad as far as the preparation and the organization, because I get a lot done in hotels and in taxis and Ubers and on airplanes. So I probably get more work done when away when I'm away from home than when I'm actually home. You know, this broadcasting thing has turned out to be a pretty nice family business for the Albert family. Just you know, how much pride do you take in that? Because it seems as if everyone seems to, I don't want to see everyone seems to have a gift for it, but you guys seem to have a calling for it. Well, I always joke that when I was a kid, uh, having my father and two uncles uh, in the business, all play-by-play broadcasters, whenever my uncles came over for you know any type of visit to our house, a birthday celebration, it felt like the first all sports radio station because they would sit around telling stories and I would listen in and just um, everything would sink in via osmosis, but really couldn't ask for better teachers. And I learned so much growing up just by being around and, and soaking it all in and uh, sitting next to them in various broadcast booths and keeping stats when I was old enough, uh, doing research for them. Uh, but really my huge break, uh, you know, as far as getting an opportunity and, and getting reps in high school, uh, I did a lot of writing uh, for the high school newspaper and the, and the town newspaper. And I would cover all the, the basketball and the football and the baseball games at a small cable station uh, came to my school just by coincidence to film a girls basketball game. And I volunteered to announce the game. They didn't have any announcers and they clipped a microphone onto my shirt. And I sat in the second row calling the game and all the people around me probably thought I was nuts talking to myself, but I did have a microphone clipped on and I had the opportunity to call about 75 or hundred games in so many different sports throughout my three high school years. So that was a big part of it as well, but um, could not have asked for better teachers. Uh, my parents gave me a tape recorder for my birthday when I was five or six and I would start calling games in my bedroom into the tape recorder. So it, it did start at a pretty young age. You know, some people give uh, a baseball or a football to their kid when they're young and for you as a tape recorder. <laughs> right. I guess I was handed a microphone. Good thing I didn't throw it. There you go. Um, you covered a lot of different teams already this season. Anybody that stood out to you so far? Well, we, we had the Seahawks and the Rams the first two weeks, uh, both against the Colts. We were in Indianapolis weeks one and two and uh, Seattle looked real good in that first game. I know they've had some issues since then, uh, but the Rams for sure, uh, bringing in Matthew Stafford, working with Sean McVay, uh, tremendous players on defense as well. So of the teams we've seen, you know, they're the one that has stood out uh, the most among the five teams that we've done so far. Although, like I said, the Seahawks were pretty impressive uh, week one as well. Uh, the Colts have had their issues. Carson Wentz was injured in the second game that we did. Um, and the Giants and Falcons, two evenly matched teams, but, uh, you know, both sort of rebuilding at this point. Kenny, what is, what's it been like for you this year to reenter venues that have fans? I know last year was such an abnormality uh, across the board. What's it been like for you this year to reenter? Well, it's been great, John. Just the energy, the enthusiasm from the fans. Um, I think it helps us in the broadcast booth. Last year, we called most games in empty stadiums. We did have a couple of games where there might've been five or 10,000 fans there, but uh, we feed off the energy and the enthusiasm of the stadium as well. So great to see the fans back in the building and should be an incredible atmosphere this Sunday. I know we're all looking forward to the first game back in the Superdome because of obviously other circumstances, our technical first home game wasn't at home. So we're excited to be back and to have you. What else is, on your plate in the next few weeks? Well, football-wise, we have Green Bay, Cincinnati next week, um, but a lot of hockey coming up and some basketball. Um, 
I'm in Boston right now uh, for the Bruins and Flyers tonight. It's the first game for the NHL on TNT, working alongside Eddie Olchek and Keith Jones. So couldn't be more excited. And then the regular season gets underway. And in two weeks, we'll have a game in Washington between the Capitals and the Rangers. So uh, football on the weekends, hockey during the week, uh, some basketball mixed in as well. So what's your favorite sport to cover? You know, that's, that's a great question. I always say it's like asking which kid you like best if you have three or four. <laughs> uh, I really love them all. Uh, growing up, hockey was uh, my goal. I wanted to do hockey on the radio and had that opportunity for the first time uh, working in the minor leagues in Baltimore back in 1990 and moved on to the NHL a couple of years later. Uh, but there's also nothing like uh, Central Time Zone uh, when an NFL game kicks off. It's really like comparing apples and oranges. I love them both. So uh, fortunately, I don't have to pick one, really enjoy the other sports that I've done as well, uh, whether it's basketball, baseball, I've done some boxing, I did volleyball at the Olympics this past summer. So real fortunate to be involved in a, in a number of different sports and uh, football and hockey are certainly right at the top of the list. Well, I commend you for wanting to go into hockey, especially on radio, because it is so dang fast and there are a lot of hard names to pronounce. Thank you so much for joining us today on this podcast. We look forward to hearing you on the call on Sunday. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, John. Really appreciate it. And uh, look forward to seeing you both at the Dome on Sunday. Thanks so much to Kenny for joining us on the podcast today. Really fun to talk to him about his journey in broadcasting and everything that he has on his plate and looking forward to seeing him on Sunday. Do not forget that there is Fan Fest on Friday from 1 to 2 if you want to head out to that or if you plan on coming to the game on Sunday. Of course, we are still under the mask restrictions indoors and then you have to be either vaccinated or get a negative COVID test in order to attend the game. So make sure you get everything in order before you come out and cheer for the Saints on Sunday. Thank you so much for joining us today on this edition. I'm Erin Summers. Thank you to my co-host, John DeShazer, and we will talk to you again next week.